You're listening to Two Sons of Tatooine. If there's a bright center to the universe, you're listening to the podcast that it's farthest from. And here are your hosts, Jonathan and Nathan. Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Sons of Tatooine. I am one of your hosts, Nathan, a.k.a. MP Bro, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Jonathan Cohn. Our discussion for today is our speculation, hopes, and thoughts on the upcoming animated series show, The Bad Batch, which is releasing sometime in 2021. We do not have the date yet. Uh, we're hoping for uh, something early summer would be, would be very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but to begin with, Jonathan, I'd like us to do a little bit of, of a recap on the Bad Batch. Would you start us out by talking about their original designation, other than the self-tated name of Bad Batch, and how they got that and the significance of that? Well, they're originally called uh, Clone Force 99, which fans of Clone Wars will remember. In Season 3, we were introduced to this clone named 99, and he was one that was basically defective in that he didn't Mm. come out with all the right stuff. And so they basically (laughs) made him a janitor. And as, as such, he was overlooked by a lot of people. However, he was like the bravest character. And man, that season three opener, this, particularly the mm. second episode, where the, the attack on Kamino happens and you see um, uh, him just like running back to keep getting supplies yeah. and then he dies. Risking his like, life. Risking his life. Oh. To, to just everything with his brothers and like you could tell he was every bit as honorable as any other clone. And mm-hmm. even more so, just even determined more than they were to yeah. prove himself. Oh, he was! It was so sad. And I must confess, I missed seasons three and four of Clone Wars when it originally aired because different things. I just I watched the first two seasons, <clears throat> then missed season three, four, and then caught up af- about the time season four was finishing up. And man, huh. so so I missed the um, the. Uh, the the impact that the community felt when that happened because um, mm. uh, it was such a good such a good moment. Um, those yeah. episodes are really good. Like they could have easily done like four or five episodes on Camino that season, and they only did two. And man, they just they both packed qu- quite a bit of punch. Um, but for the fact that they would name their group after ninety nine, yeah, you think how likely is it that we'll get to see him in flashback format? Uh, it's it's not like they have to pay another actor to do that. <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. Yeah, um, uh, it's it's not that hard. And one of the advantages of this series, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more later, is that they are using the models for everything that they used in the Clone Wars. It's the same animation style. So I think one reason they wanted to do this was because of the pre-built aspects of this. It's not as expensive to render all of the animation um, uh, as it would be to do it all from scratch. And so that's that's an easy way for them to keep putting out content. As long as they spend money on the writers and get good storytelling, they can reuse the sets and characters and things like that. So... I think that has a lot of potential, but we'll get there. So seeing uh, 99 himself in flashbacks would be great. Um, uh, But it does. Much better to say that they're not being lazy. Much better to say that they're reusing assets so that they can save money. And fans like myself who prefer the style of Clone Wars over, say, Rebels as an art style anyway, Mm -hmm. we prefer that style a little bit better, would be happy to hear that. And I think we are. So I did. Well, I'm a bigger fan of the um, the rebels uh, animation style. I know that's really really unpopular in most circles. I it really, is. I really like it, rebels animation style. But anyway, the but, but, but the advantage I, is that they're able. to... I will to say that the lightsabers, if they fix that, I would probably be. I would I would super accept everything else. The lightsabers, I'll never accept. <laughs> it's just if you if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about how thin they are. Yeah. And, it's super thin, and you can see clips where people edit it and make it the, just a little bit thicker, like yeah. it would be consistent with any other visual media that Star Wars has shown a lightsaber to be thicker, and it looks so much better. And I'm just like, why did you just not do this one thing for me? I would not have complained about anything else in the style. But anyway, I am interested that you you, you prefer that style. Um, 
I think originally, obviously, the Clone Wars style was so dated and the technology so early on mm-hmm. in development that, you know, it's not even fair to call that the same style. You have to look yeah. at, se- you know, season seven. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. even se- season seven's not fair because to compare with Rebels, because it came out after Rebels. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it was better. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Anyway, but the, the other the other things that are that were interesting with the animation style, we, we're we're going on tangents here, but sure, sure, is sorry. that it'll feel familiar because it's the same era. If let's say they made a totally different animation style, but we're telling the continual story, this is essentially Clone yes, Wars season yes. eight. They would feel mm-hmm. super jarring, um, which is why I think that Clone Wars originally felt super jarring because people had two reference points. They had the movies, which were live action. And they had the 2003 cartoon, which was mm-hmm. 2D animation. So mm. seeing 3D animation was just so surprising and jarring to people that they didn't like it initially. So this mm-hmm. is an easy way to win back the fandom. It feels, even though the storyline will not be Clone Wars Season 8, it will feel like that because it, it's like you're, you're watching these characters and their stories continue. You're watching these sets that you've seen before. Hopefully they'll get all the same voice actors for, you know, other characters beyond, obviously, mm-hmm. D. Bradley Baker, who, by the way, this probably is, like, the best gig he's ever gotten. He's got, like, a yeah. guaranteed job like, for a guaranteed job <laughs> for several years, and he's probably getting paid pretty good because he's doing most of the voices on the yeah. show. So, yeah, he's probably yeah. like, yeah. And I know that they're bringing back uh, the guy that played Tarkin for the animated series. So okay, that'll transfer over well. Um, mm. So I, I like the familiarity that we're already seeing with it. But that's how, long story short, that's how they got their name, Clone Force 99. Mm. Well, let's talk about each of the clones that are a part of this group. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go by the Bad Batch as they're kind of like, that's their nickname that they call themselves. Mm-hmm. One of the things we don't know yet is really how they came to get that or how they came together. We just know that it's based off of 99. But one of the, let's see. Let's talk about each of in individual member. Um, Crosshair. Crosshair is a clone with enhanced eyesight mm-hmm. and excellent marksman. He's got that tattoo above his right eye that's like um, of Crosshairs. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's apparently in, in the in the episode that's entitled Bad Batch season one or season season seven episode one. Yeah. He mentions that he could fire accurately at something from ten clicks away. Wow. That he was the guy. If you need, then he's the guy. So we're talking about a serious level of, uh, you know, accuracy when that's confirmed. I don't know. I don't really know how. Maybe they'll go into it, but how they, how they designed these clones. Because, you know, you get accidental clones. There had to have been a whole lot that we never saw who were more than just number 99. But mm-hmm. for them to get these actually good mutations i wonder yeah. if that's something they'll explore but anyway so we've got crosshair um why don't you talk about wrecker oh uh, wrecker is the one that always stands out to me because he's <laughs> he's the easiest to remember he's the biggest to remember. he's the big one he's the one with a big personality um uh i remember him he was laughing quite a bit in the the different clone wars episodes um apparently uh, he only has one eye his, his I think, left eye is yeah i think his left eye is kind of yeah, his left eye is kind of blind so. or something, and uh, yeah, he's the he's just yeah he's the when you have like a party like in a D and D campaign or something you're like all right we need brute strength all right we're sending wrecker you know um, uh, the yeah. uh, or you know, or or better comparison Princess Bride he's the um, uh, Fezic uh, if they ever have to climb up a mm. wall uh, they just all hold on to wrecker and he just climbs up for them. I'm imagining that would be humorous. Yeah. Um, but he, he's called immature by some of yeah. the other groups during the, the episodes that we see him. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, grow up. You're all, you know, you're just, yeah. you're not taking anything seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he's yeah. bigger, taller. Um, we see him rip apart battle droids. We see him lift a transport troop, a clone transport mm-hmm. that had fallen on commander Cody. Yeah. He flips it over by himself, and I don't know the weight on one of those, but we're talking like Marvel level. That I'd say that's a, a feat on the level of Spider-Man or above, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Because those those are at the very least the weight of probably uh, a tanker truck or something like that. Yeah. Um, so 
he's he's very very strong, and I don't know how that you know will translate into other feats that he's capable of in the Star Wars universe. But he may be the physically most powerful character we've ever seen. So mm-hmm. cool chance for them to do, you know, they are kind of a a little bit of a superhero squad kind of. They're they're kind of like the A team almost in there. Yeah. They're, yeah. You know, there's different different abilities just cobbled together. Yeah, um, so we've got, uh, also we've got Tech. Mm-hmm. Tech is, he's um, a genetic communicated, mutated clone that it kind of looks different, slimmer, younger, maybe, than the rest, more lean, but he has a really high intellect, we know that. He offers kind of random facts, like, <laughs> the first time he's on, he, he brings up the fact that, like, this queen that they were fighting, that apparently Wrecker, like, sliced off the stinger of this queen, <laughs> And, like, he, he brings up the fact that this is a delicacy uh, to some people. <laughs> so Tech is apparently, like, he's a little socially awkward. He knows a lot of a whole lot of things and probably is really great with, with technology, but they may have somebody hey. else on the team who can also be very good with technology. <laughs> you want to talk about who that might be? Well, um, I assume you're ta- you were referencing Echo, right? I am talking about Echo. Okay. Yes, that's Echo. right. Echo CT1409. Echo is my favorite character on the squad simply because we have so much time with him. Um, right. Uh, and man, now, this Echo's moment in the Clone Wars when he died, I think was one of the most impactful deaths, or yeah. quote, deaths in the Clone quote, Wars when, yes, we, yes. when we saw it. Like, man, like, we, we'd watched the original um, uh, Rookies, the, the, that mm-hmm. team was like five or six guys and slowly and slowly With heavy and fives heavy and, and fives and uh, cut up or not cut up someone else uh, the, all these guys, different guys and it just starts getting a smaller and smaller team and by season four you only had just the two guys and we really yeah. felt them and then they killed off Echo, quote unquote, and then mm. you were just like, ah, oh, we just have fives, and then they kill off fives, and you're like, no, and then they're like, but wait, yeah. there's more. We have Echo again, and so they were playing yeah. with our emotions in season seven, and I was like, please don't kill him, please don't kill him. So I am, I, mm. I'm looking forward to his uh, fitting in. I feel like he's gonna <laughs> have trouble with the Empire. Like they're gonna want perfect people, or, or they're gonna want you know non non cyborgs involved. And he's gonna be like a, you know, he, oh, we don't, we don't want that. So I feel like mm. he'll have some some troubles fitting in. Yeah, with him being an arc trooper and then mm-hmm. taken prisoner and yeah. basically turned into a cyborg. They used his mind to program tactics. Um, I believe they mentioned that he and Rex had drawn up a lot of tactics. Yeah, like mm-hmm. growing growing up, or I guess just as whenever they were training together, they formed a lot of those same tactics that he used to help the separatists. And the more, I guess they were saying, the more often that they used a certain tactic, the more that the droids were able to anticipate it. And that's partly why they figured out that Echo was behind it in the first place Mm -hmm. is how they, they located and they're like, Hey, you know, this could be him. And it was great that they found him. It was great that he was able to feel like he belonged because he definitely didn't belong with regulars anymore, mm. or the regs, as the bad, bad batch calls them, the the regs. Uh, <laughs> but he fits in with with this new group. Yeah. Um, even as the new guy, I think that they they kind of have a soft spot for each other. They all know what it's like to feel that isolation and whatever the uniqueness is. So that'll be a really cool dynamic. And then the group leader, uh, we've got Hunter. Hunter's the he's the commanding officer of the bad batch. And always wears that red headband. He has like a facial tattoo on the left side of his face. It's kind of like a skull almost, but mm. it takes up the whole side of his face. Um, he has enhanced sensory abilities, which I guess that technically he can like sense electromagnetic, electromagnetic signals and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't seen the full extent of that. Um, but uh, as Hunter, he's kind of like built on that archetype of fights with the knife when he needs to type mm-hmm. of you know like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Predator or something yeah. kind of he gives me kind of some some Rambo vibes kind of yeah 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 with some the with, with the, the red with the red headband yeah. for sure mm-hmm. that's a that's a definite callback into it um, yeah. so now that we've kind of talked about each of the members um, is there anything in particular that has you the most excited overall Jonathan for this show well 
So, of course, as I mentioned earlier, the continuation aspect of Clone Wars, um, mm-hmm. the story of Clone Wars was great. Um, one thing that does make me excited, though, is this appears to be a more tight story. We're going to be focused. My big problem, the reason that I preferred overall Rebels to Clone Wars personally was that Clone Wars, you had main characters in Rex and Ahsoka and Anakin and Obi-Wan, but at times it just felt like we were just popping around to random Jedi or random events Mm -hmm. that are happening, and our main characters are just kind of sometimes just there, and then other episodes, they're the main force. This, it seems like, we will really be following our main cast of characters. We're going to just be, you know... Um, uh, seeing things from their vantage point. And that excites me because that means we'll get a tighter narrative, probably not as many filler episodes. Um, uh, Of course, I love more Star Wars all the time, but sometimes when it comes to TV series, I like it to be more narrow-minded. And so I Mm -hmm. really like this aspect that we're going to get essentially a continuation of the Clone Wars, but from one character and these or group of characters. And these are the right guys to do it um, because we've seen how, how planets and how Jedi, we've seen so many stories, whether in legends or canon about Jedi after order 66. I mean, we, we, we know that we really haven't followed clones after that. Right. And, I mean, there's been some stories here and there, but we haven't had a focused story. So this provides the biggest opportunity to say, how did, what did clones do when they stopped working for the Empire? Because we know they didn't stay with the Empire forever. They kept them around for a few years while they recruited. And once they had a large enough army of non-clones, they basically kicked them out. So did they just mm-hmm. retire? Did they go do other jobs like the Bad Batch did? Or did they go and do menial jobs or, or regular jobs, I should say, you know, that answer questions like that, I think will get answered in this. Hmm. Some of those questions could be pretty dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just theorizing about ways the empire might want to get rid of clones. If the inhibitor chip stopped working and they had yeah. to be certain, you know, put down or there was, you know, just even as they, as they age, um, mm-hmm. And they become less and less useful. Yeah. Some of those questions are pretty pretty heavy, so it could lead to some interesting things. Yeah, um, I do like that you mentioned that these are characters we really have not gotten much about. So the chance for us to get to know the rest of them the way that we know Echo mm-hmm. and get to know him even better yeah. is ripe. We we get to go, you know, and they're they're kind of archetypal, but but. What's more, what's under the surface? That's what they need to get to. And mm-hmm. maybe some character-centric episodes um, where they're... Um, I, I think of the one with, with Zeb and Callus in Rebels. Yeah. We really got to know those characters in that episode mm-hmm. when they were trapped and had to kind of ex- escape together. Great episode. Um, great episode. And maybe we can do some of that on the smaller scale, like the, the serialized format like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hopeful for that. So... Yeah. Um, what the two of us did is uh, Jonathan and I have both put together about five things that we kind of uh, hope to see or speculate that we might see um, or just questions that we want answered. Um, So would you actually start us out with one of those on your list, whatever the first one is that you have to talk about? Well, um, uh, the first thing I have on my list is getting to see old Clone Wars era planets and uh, moons and such and settings and get to see what their transition into the Empire is. Um, uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, post-war stories I always find interesting that we get to see, okay, the Empire is going to do a couple of things. They're going to start taking over industries, working with industries on building different projects like Death Star and um, Star Star Destroyer, so you'll see more mining and stuff, but also you're going to see individual freedoms start to decrease across the empire. And so, by the time we get to Rebels, that's already entrenched. We've seen that. The only time it's a surprise is when the Empire goes to a planet they've never been before. So, this time we'll get to see, like, the moment the Empire announced new policies... How did the individual people on Ryloth, the Twi'leks, who are fiercely yeah. independent people, um, to the point of, I think the Twi'leks could almost be considered like the libertarians in Star Wars, because they're like, we don't want to, <laughs> we don't want to deal with you. 
we don't want you dealing with us. We do we, you do you, you know. <laughs> uh, they're, they're just like that. Um, uh, they're, they're not about going into other conflicts unnecessarily, um, although they fight amongst themselves quite a bit. So mm-hmm. we, I, I, I'd like to see how those people would react and also just to see how the settings changed and um, how the, the people, you see the slow demoralization of the people. So that's yeah. what I'm really excited for. I'm, as you were talking, I was just getting a mental image of um, just the first time that you get um, a batch of clone troops landing in the middle of your city mm-hmm. and... Um, it's not like they've just defeated, you know, a bunch of droids that were attacking outside the city and they're coming in heroically. They're just coming in and you don't know why and they stay. And yeah. they just kind of start, you start getting this military police, this type of like, you know, tensions that, and, mm-hmm. you know, you start to see your liberties start to fizzle away. Um, it could be really, uh, really indicative of that, you know, that process that how does it go overnight? You don't, you don't, you don't just go overnight a change, but like you go from heaven to freedom and to not. And, and that's what you're talking about. If they do that, I would really enjoy seeing that transition. So mm-hmm. the first one on my list is going to be, um, in flashback format. I want to, I want to kind of see how the bad batch came together and maybe their training, um, on Camino, things like, did they, like set records in the training things or did they have to even fight to exist at all? Were they originally supposed to be, I guess, aborted technically, uh, based on their mutations or were they like an experiment based off of like a mad Camino scientist, like Lama Su had a, you know, had a little brother who was just like the mad scientist genius yeah. with the goggles. <laughs> and, he's, <laughs> and he's like, and we shall make a big strong one. No, just, just big strong. But wait a minute. We're not supposed to... Ah, give me one. Just give me one. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it it could be something involved with, with them on that. Maybe we're not going to get that, but if we get anything about how they came together, mm-hmm. it'll it'll help to develop why they why they stay together. Yeah. Instead of, instead of splitting up. If they do split up, maybe in parts of it, they think about going their separate ways, but they come back together eventually. I don't know. But it's a point in question to ask, what's their purpose and they don't feel like normal clones. They never have felt like normal, normal troopers anyway. They've always felt special and individual in a way that normal clones don't. So how that's, how's that going to play back or, you know, how's that going to be on screen showed, uh, you know, other skills that they might have and personality as- aspects that just normal clones wouldn't develop just based off of, they were programmed not to develop those things. Yeah. Um, so anyway, those things in flashback format would be great. Um, because we might get 99, we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, did anything that I said trigger for you something that you want to see in the, like a flashback format? I mean, I would really like to see the opportunity just to see them on different missions throughout the Clone Wars era. Because yes. my like one of my things I just want is a story in Star Wars that is of behind-the-scenes stuff, like someone who's just on Planet X, and then like like on Coruscant. And then throughout the book, you're seeing how the different events of Coruscant, like when the Zillow Beast comes, that's just like in the middle of the book, and they're like, where did that come from? Like, huh. I just love to see kind of a, like a, oh, and now we're being invaded, and things like that. Like, just someone who's just like, doesn't doesn't know the full context of what's happening, and I feel like if they're in the middle of a battle, and all of a sudden they see Anakin jump out and do something they're like where did he come from is that is that our jedi i don't remember i haven't gotten mm-hmm. to meet him yet or something so i think that would be cool my second well, we know they had a hundred percent success rate too yeah so to see them face some like incomparable odds and come yeah. out successful mm-hmm. would be a great way to start the show off was like is to just show them being absolute bosses absolutely just to establish for people who might not have seen season seven episode one through four yeah people who hadn't seen that just just be like hey this these guys are they are not to be messed with. Each mm-hmm. one of them has a, a skill that kind of fits into the group perfectly and makes it a well-rounded unit. Well, you're number two. You were about to yeah. say it. My number two is I'd like to see some of the bounty hunters guild, um, which now thanks to Mandalorian we know that as a guild we know it we know it did exist at some point, and I'm assuming it's existed even as far back as the Clone Wars era. 
Um, it, we were talking about reusing models. This is the perfect opportunity for them to bring back Clone Wars era bounty hunters like um, Boba Fett. We could see Daniel Logan come back, uh, voice Boba Fett for young, young, yeah, Bo- young, young Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. Uh, we can, oh, of course, we know we're getting Fennec Shand, um, and I'm assuming that means we're getting Ming Na Wen uh, to voice her. But then we're all, we could get Bosk. We could get Dengar. Dengar, who in the Clone Wars was voiced by um, Simon Pegg. That would be entertaining to see again. Um, and we know mm. that they're most likely going to be mercenaries. I, knowing us, this is a Star Wars show. At some point, they're going to turn full on rebels. At some point during this show, that's going to happen. But I expect that for Are you maybe sure? yes. At, I'm like I don't know how many seasons this is going to run. But by the but by the end of the full run, I'm sure they're going to turn into rebels and of some sort because that's just what Star Wars movies and TV shows and books and stuff do with protagonists, especially with kids think- stuff. Do you think all five will, or will some of them side with the Empire? Maybe one or two will side with the Empire, but how, at least how Hunter, hard would, it be Hunter for... would sign with side. Hunter yes. and Echo would side with the Rebellion. The other three, I'm not confident on, but I know Hunter and Echo would. Um, yes, Tech might be one of the ones who wouldn't. Yeah, Tech probably would stay with the Empire, but I mean, really, um, the whole all and of maybe them, Crosshair. I don't know, but yeah. but it would be really tough if the group split apart on their mm-hmm. on their sides and yeah. I don't know we get to see like a civil war type thing where you have people with people uh, on the north and the south there's people on the rebels in the empire fi- well, literally fighting each other it'd be very other. like civil war or Iron Man or Captain America Civil War that too, you had that yeah. and you had gov- government trying to control Iron Man and his side yeah. um, and them being okay with that yeah. but um, the the empire like you mentioned would they be willing to control or would they even want to mess with clones of the level of somebody like Wrecker or mm-hmm. um, or Echo for that matter yeah and would the others immediately just be so defensive I don't know I think that I think that they will probably stay together yeah but I, I don't think know. so too but you know never know what's your number <clears throat> two uh, well it's really it's, it's the same question we're just talking about kind of but uh, it's about the bad batches loyalties like because we, we're we talking about this. This is the main premise, I think, of where the show is going to go. Mm-hmm. Is where where their loyalties will lie. They don't currently have any that I know of other than the Republic. Um, so uh, we see Order 66 in the trailer. We know that, we know that this is probably going to take place um, at the start of Order 66, and we'll get their perspective of Order 66, mm-hmm. or at the very least, it's going to start before that and then come up to that point. Yeah. So, like, it's central. Where are they going to go? Like, do they have inhibitor chips the way the rest of clones do? If they do have them, do they work or only partially work? And if they malfunction, like, how obviously will the other clones handle that? It was heartbreaking to see the clones turn on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, most of all, seeing Jesse. Yeah. Um, and you see him a lot in season seven and just, he couldn't be reasoned with. And, you know, he, it's him and Rex staring each other down with guns pointing at each other's faces. Yeah. These rough. two guys that have been friends for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, just terrible. I mean, terrible. And, but also very dramatically and in, in from an entertaining perspective, a very well written thing, very enjoyable to watch. So, how much are they going to show the the clone versus clone thing? Uh, how much are they are we going to see, and how how important is it going to be to the plot? And how will they handle having to? I, I, do they consider them their brothers? Because they call them regs. They seem like they're a little more detached than Rex would be from killing. But it would still be a struggle for them to just if they had to to fight and kill clones to yeah. survive. Mm-hmm. That would be a difficult thing. Um, I don't know. So I, my second one is just how is that going to happen? Where will their loyalties lie if they, if they aren't immediately turned, let's say, turned on by the new empire? If they don't, if they don't get, let's say, ordered for execution like everybody else, what will cause them? What will, what will change that will cause them to, um, to turn? Because I don't think that they're going to be on the side of the empire. Yeah. In this, I don't, it's clear. It seems like that would be 
and like that wouldn't tell much of a story. Is that making sense to you? Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think they'll be on. I think they'll be on the Empire for like the first few episodes of the season, and then they'll be like, forget this, I don't want this, and they're gonna go do their own thing separately. Um, that's mm. what I think is most likely. Um, uh, and then by the end of the show, they turn towards the rebellion. But you know, I think there's gonna be a big chunk where they're just mercenaries doing mercenary mm-hmm. stuff, and that's. Gonna, I think that's that'll be pretty fun because even though the Mandalorian promised that a little bit, we haven't seen all that much from the mercenary perspective in Star Wars, at least in the canon. Um, seen tons we got of more stories. in the first episode than we've gotten. Well, we got Episode Four as well when they went after Finnick Shan. Oh yeah, but but other than the first episode and then the the fourth episode, there's really not been any uh, going after bounties. Yeah, certainly there wasn't any in season two, but um, yeah, so that'll that'll be interesting. Maybe we'll get some. Yeah, my my number three is uh, I kind of alluded to this a little bit, but getting to see the formation of the rebellion. Um, so, some of my favorite characters in Star Wars are Mon Mothma and Bail Organa, and I mm-hmm. think it would be tons of fun to see them again. See, have the voice actors who did them in the Clone Wars come back. Um, uh, maybe they are trying to get the Bad Batch to do something, and the Bad Batch is like, we're not joining your rebellion. And they're like, all right, how about we pay you? And they're like, hmm, we can think about that. And so they initially do it because of payment, and then they start realizing, hey, we like the rebellion. We, we agree with them. Um, uh, and maybe <laughs> see you know, some of the other references, like there's stuff from the Ahsoka novel that has to do with Bail Organa, and maybe they can reference that in ways, because that takes place about the time that this does. So we could see references to comics and the um, novels and the video games and stuff interspersed, I think, well. And this is a good opportunity because the time frame between Revenge of the Sith and um, uh, A New Hope is like the most explored timeline in the canon. It's just it, so many people went there with their stories. Mm-hmm. So there's so many things they could connect to. But particularly mm. for me, I want to see Mon Mothma and Organa. But that's my Yes, those characters are very important to you. Mm-hmm. Why, other than her politics side, is there anything that, like, or a central event that you hope to see? Or just a side of her that you want to see? Um, so there aren't really central events in, like, she, of course, she doesn't full-on uh, out herself as a rebel until Rebels. So I don't expect to see something like that. But I want to see maybe the first few conversations that she has with Bale. Like, hey, we have to fight this. Like, see, st- see some of that. And um, we may not see that direct conversation, but we'll see the fruits of that conversation. Uh, if they were to hire the Bad Batch to... If they were to hire the Bad Batch to do stuff. Try and... Like, if... It, let's say that they were trying to convince more and more senators and they mm-hmm. needed proof yeah. of something... And so that was that would probably be a mission that it would be something on the level that you'd need the Bad Batch to handle mm-hmm. uh, one as of, far as difficulty. Uh, one little moment is this probably won't happen, but there's a possibility they could do this, is that um, uh, there, there were some the EU books that talked about some clones that uh, at the time in the EU the story was a bit different and they just refused to do Order 66 and mm-hmm. Vader was trying to hunt them down, and um, uh, they go to Alderaan, and when Vader first sets on all, foot on Alderaan, Bail Organa, like, he visibly panics. Like, he's a cool, cool, collected person, but he panics because Leia's there, and he's so afraid that Vader's gonna see Leia. So there's this moment in one of the books where he's just basically moving Leia to different rooms to try to keep Vader from finding her. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's a hilarious, but it's hilarious, not in like a... Like Amazing a, that he didn't sense her but we know later on obviously when he met Leia eventually yeah. that he didn't like immediately know that she was exactly. his daughter yes yeah so Bell was still, all, he was a little worried over nothing he was, well no but he was worried that if Vader saw her he would start asking questions um because uh, Anakin knew uh Bail Organa well so he would have been like hey you and your wife you can't have children who's this person who looks nothing like you um uh, so I, well, he didn't ask that later on, and well, I don't know. They, we haven't he, seen. He we have not seen Bail Organa and Vader together in any scenes post Revenge of the Sith, really. Right. 
So I, I anyway, that's that's a small detail, but that would be so entertaining to see that. Mm. That seemed kind of like a a little bit of a Scooby Doo imagery is what you yes, gave me just now. But <laughs> in, in, in the book, it's written more serious. Like he's like, all right, okay. send her to there, and like so it's it's very serious. <laughs> but I found it hilarious that he would be so panicked because like it's like finding the most calm person in your life and getting to see what would panic them. That's the one thing that panics Bear Lorgana. So. So, what you really, I guess to recap your number three is you want to see any, any things we haven't yet seen about the formations of the, the rebellion. rebellion. Yeah. My number three will be anything new that we haven't seen about the formations of the Empire. Oh, see, um, very, very serendipitous of us. So, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that we're more likely to see stuff about the Empire mm-hmm. to begin with the show. Yeah. Because the Empire isn't formed in... Or as the sorry, the rebellion's not formed until later. Yeah. But um, we might get um, just from officers that we interact with the Bad Batch. Um, it's likely we already have seen Tarkin in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> but it's likely that some of the other officers, like uh, Admiral Yalaren, um, will appear, and we can kind of see them going from Republic officers mm-hmm. to uh, Imperial officers, and just. I wonder if there will be some officers who are not happy about going from being in the Republic to the Empire, who weren't clones, who Mm -hmm. are like, hey, I don't agree with this. And maybe the Bad Batch, like, rescues a couple of them or something like that. I don't know. That would be fun. Um, If they notice that or, like, an officer comes to them and is like, you know, guys, I need y'all to get out of here. (laughs) Or I don't know. But that Mm -hmm. would be interesting. Uh, Is anything that we see about... You know the the society as a whole mm-hmm. adjusting to the imperial rule that they now have, yeah. because you're going to have societies that love it, and that's yeah. the thing that they need to show is mm-hmm. there are some that's going to extremely benefit by the empire, yeah, and some that's why some people they're not being held at gunpoint to join the empire, not all of them, some mm-hmm. of them love it, they're benefiting, yeah. and others of them are being kind of exploited, and those people are the ones that obviously are like no this is you know, y'all are evil. <laughs> Some but, people uh, are like, hey, we just got a $15 minimum wage. I'm okay with this. <laughs> 50, yeah, sorry, 15 I mean, credit minimum wage. If if the Empire just forgave your $50,000 student loans. Yeah, your, acad- you're like, your okay. academy debt. <laughs> your academy debt. And the, <clears throat> and the ISB is, it's it's a lot different than if the ISB is, is hunting you down for uh, tax evasion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you're like, wait a second. <laughs> you know, I shouldn't be taxed for this. This you can't require this. Anymore. And uh, people people get fired for stuff, saying stuff on the net. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we need to stop with this because this is going to get us a little bit <laughs> in trouble. We're going to anyway, be canceled. Yes. So uh, moving <clears throat> to moving to my number four. Um, uh-huh. uh, mine is I want to see a lot of Coruscant. Of course, their Coruscant is so huge that. We could spend an entire TV show and we'd still barely scratch the surface of seeing what it's like. And mm-hmm. I think that this is the perfect opportunity for us to see level 1313 more, um, uh, for them to incorporate aspects of what the, that video game would have been, um, incorporate aspects of, you know... So we've seen the really low levels, of course, not the despicable levels, and we've seen the high levels. What about the mid-range, you know, just the, the pencil pushers who live in the you know, the middle part. Um, I think that would be cool to see. Um, and then see mm. if there's portions of Coruscant that look different. Like, we know it's a whole city, but even different cities, they look different, the types of buildings across different parts of cities. So maybe we see parts of that's not part of the direct capital. Yeah. Coruscant is always ripe for more exploration. Mm-hmm. I would be happy to see that. What What's about your number four? Anything, anything in particular that you want to see besides like the thirteen thirteen? Like, are you thinking that there are going to be missions there that they would go on? Are you thinking uh, that I don't? I'd like, like to there would see be corruption that they're trying to expose, or like, I don't. I'm not sure. I, I would. I would just like to see how the some, you know the people on Coruscant are reacting to the Empire. But also, I'd like to. So we know that based off the books and comics that Palpatine takes the Jedi Temple and turns it into his own palace, almost. 
Mm. Um, uh, I'd like to see the construction of that because we know that was very early on because that was within only a couple of years of uh, Revenge of the Sith that it was finished, which means they probably started during, around the time of the, after Revenge of the Sith. So we could see some of the, the transition of the Jedi Temple. If they were on Coruscant, that would give them a little bit of time to uh, show us some of the propaganda mm, that the Empire yeah. would say mm-hmm. about the Jedi and... and uh, Maybe the Bad Batch is, is commenting like, I don't believe that. They, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've worked with Jedi. I know they wouldn't do that or whatever. And then the other's like, shh, stop talking. Yeah. You can't say that. Exactly. They're listening everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so that could be interesting. Uh, I just had a thought. Uh, <laughs> one, one way that they could be on Coruscant is if the final mission of the Bad Batch is uh, to assassinate the Emperor. And they <laughs> fail. And they fail, obviously. But they might get very close and it would be really sad or yeah. or maybe they maybe they stop something that we don't even know that was uh, a big plan that would have done horrible things yeah that ended up saving and allowing the rebellion to happen so my fourth thing mm-hmm. um <clears throat> what was mine oh it's it's this okay uh i wrote down the main success of this show is going to rely on two things right and i think one is going to be the group's dynamic. How fun are they? Are they, you know, do they connect? Do they play off each other well? Like, I think we already know that they have fun together. But are we going to be able to go deeper than that in the character development? Mm-hmm. So if they, this, the show will be fun to watch and successful if they have great interplay, but they also develop that into something more than just Wrecker's immature and likes to blow up stuff. Mm-hmm. But we see something more, and we see that these guys develop actual dreams and ambitions beyond what they ever thought they might have. Mm-hmm. And they see themselves in a new light as if they could actually have a life beyond a soldier yeah. or themselves. Maybe maybe that's where they get to. But that dynamic could be one really driving factor that would give the show some some uh, long-term endurance. Secondly, they need they need an impossible mission, an end goal. They need something to work towards. Maybe a season-wide, but Something that is like impossible for anybody except for them, some kind of odds that are you know insurmountable mm-hmm. that would take a group like them to work together to accomplish. Um, <clears throat> and it could be something that we never know about, as I've already mentioned too. That that if they if they're able to stop or prevent something imperial from happening, that is so big. But we we might have never known of a pro like some project that would have been mm-hmm. maybe I guess not Death Star level tier, but you know something that would completely have driven any like any hope of a rebellion out or i don't mm-hmm. know um so whatever that is that's the question they need that what is the show going to be about we didn't know when delorean was going to be about baby yoda <laughs> so are we going to get honestly we did so in episode one of this are we going to get that are we going to get that in two three episodes like what it they may be on the run for a little while they may be just in hiding they may just or may they be just out doing mercenary stuff, but what's their end goal? I I don't know what that purpose is. So let me ask you, what do you think one possible purpose or mission or goal could be for a group like that? If you were the writer, what would you have them do? Uh, to begin with, I would send them to assassinate or take down a leader of a planet that's not falling into line. Um, and they do that, and they're like, yeah, we're helping the Empire. And then they're like, hmm... Maybe that person was right. Um, uh, I, I, I want to see a yeah. slow. I don't want it to be a steep, like they're part of the empire. Nope, no longer part of the empire. Like I want to yeah. see it be a gradual decay, and make yeah. it, making it a, a TV show long form will make it that gradual decay most likely. That's a good point. Um, which characters? will be the ones more likely to pick up on the Empire being bad. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. that's a thing that Wrecker would do. No, uh, I think tech, it's going to be e- it's gonna be Echo that's going to be the one really noticing. That's the conscience. Of, He's the conscience of the, of the group. group. Yeah. yeah. Hunter, Hunter will be the one that they need to convince. I think the others yeah. will go along with him. Mm-hmm. Although I'm not sure about um, <clears throat> Crosshair. He seems like he's the one that I'm most not sure about because he's kind of tough. Yeah, uh, I don't know, but um, they would need to. They would definitely need to, like, like you said, give the empire a chance. And they're like, okay, well, it's different, but maybe it can work. And like you, like you implied, kind of slip into it. But mm-hmm. 
so that that would be a cool mission is to go and yeah stomp out resistance somewhere on a planet and that's when they uh change their minds mm-hmm. huh. okay so well, my number five i had something else but i'm going to change it um uh, basically, I'm going to talk about my predictions for the length and uh, exterior, not story aspects, but exterior aspects <clears> of the show. So, as far as I can tell, Disney is moving away from the 22-episode season shows that they do, particularly yes. for Disney+. Plus. They still do them on ABC for their you know <clears throat> ABC shows, and they still do them occasionally for um, uh, like uh, Disney Channel stuff. But for... St- Disney Plus proper, they're moving towards the 8 to 12, and at minimum, I think it's going to be 12. There's a chance we could see as much as 15, maybe, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on any more than that, at least for the first season, because um, one, of course, they want to test it, see how it goes. Secondly, I think that they really want to give you just enough that you want more, um, and mm-hmm. they're trying to space out their different shows so that, you know, uh, this is out when this is out, and this is out before this is out, and things like that. So I am anticipating, mm-hmm. if they do 12 months, or 12 weeks, 12 episodes, they can fill the summertime, uh, yes. which that will also be around the time that <clears throat> Marvel's What If series is coming out. So, you know, the people who are, um, I think uh, Star Wars animation is more popular than Marvel animation from what I've, I've seen in fandoms. So I think that Star Wars... People who aren't as interested in what if might come over and watch uh, Bad Batch more. So it's mm-hmm. a way to, to keep people invested in Disney Plus. And yeah. I also you remember how when Clone Wars was being made, George was kind of he was in the room like once a week or something and they would pitch him all the ideas and he would talk with them. And then he sent yes. them out and Filoni was in the trenches well, now what we're going to see is Filoni is going He's to... He's in an executive producer role. Well, yeah, which is the same thing George was. But I'm saying yeah. that he's going to be in the... And a TV show, an executive producer has quite a lot more power than a movie executive producer. Um, uh, but the point is that he's... I think he's going to... You're not going to see, like, every... Like, in season seven, eight out of the 12 episodes of Clone Wars season seven were written by Dave Filoni. We're not going to see that here. <laughs> we might see one. Maybe mm-hmm. the first episode he has a story by credit. But all the rest of the episodes, he's just going to be a producer. He's just going to be kind of brainstorming because he's got other, he's got other in reality, more important things to deal with at yeah, the moment. Yeah, he's, he's graduated. He's graduated, exactly. Um, which is kind of sad to feel like that because I love the animation of Star Wars and I've I grew up with it. It's his roots. He's not going to disrespect it. Yeah, but he's going to. He's going to. He'll lend his expertise yeah, to make this exactly. show and keep it on track. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that uh, you know we're going to see him, his influence in some of it. But he, it's don't. I don't think anyone should go in expecting uh, every episode directed by Dave Filoni. Or we're not going to no. see that much. No. No. Um, <laughs> it'll be. It'll be interesting though to talk about him as we do. I love talking about him and, and maybe some of the interviews we get, um, in some of the other shows, he'll, he'll give us some tidbits and things to be like, Oh yeah. When I was developing bad batch, I made this character knowing that I would bring them along and yeah. use them in Ahsoka or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Um, so, Hey, we'll see. Okay. My fifth one, if you're ready for it. Yeah. Um, I, I very much hope that we see Rex. Um, I Rex, think that's a that's a good possibility. He had a great dynamic with the group. They were, mm-hmm. you know, even Wrecker's like, "I like you." You know, <laughs> it's like oh, we're gonna take a page out of your book, charge him head on, you know. <laughs> and so Rex is like, "Okay, yeah." Or the Wrecker said that. So, um, but the the last we see Rex with with Ahsoka after they crashed the miniature, or uh, no, what was the name of the? Show? I don't remember the one that crashed. Was it the? I, I said Venator, but that was the first thing that came to mind. It could be totally I've only wrong. I've only watched um, uh, that last thing like twice, and that was right when it came out last February or May. So, okay. Well, uh, anyway, he's with Ahsoka. He's he probably will be. He'll be very much the character that can convince them that the Empire is evil. Mm-hmm. If they haven't already seen it, based on watching the other clones turn, yeah, and change the dynamic, um, but. 
I, I just really want to see Rex. I really want to see him bad. Other characters, and I'm just going to tell you, a, I'm going to name some names, and you, you say confirmed, yes, we will definitely, or maybe, possibly, or I don't think so. Okay? Okay. Uh, one that we already talked about, well, we mentioned, Fennec Shand. Oh, we've she's seen already her, We've in seen it. her in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. What do we expect to see from Fennec Shand? Uh, I think that they're going to be having to hunt her at some point. Just a young bounty hunter, or no, she is the target. I think she's going to be the target, but maybe she's Ooh. a bounty hunter. Maybe maybe she's working with them. But I it, I get the vibe. As a that sniper, she's a, will she be a match for Crosshair? I don't know. We'll see. Or will they like you know exchange notes about how to snipe really well? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be. Have uh, you, I don't know if you've seen um, Brooklyn Nine Nine, the TV show. Um, in that show, they have these two characters that are just super intense individuals and super serious and just, like, all about their craft. And um, when they first meet, they're just, like, they, they, they just, like, their romance starts instantly and everyone else is just really <laughs> grossed out by it. They're like, ugh, that's just so weird. Like, you guys are so intense. Um, yeah. I, I, would, I would think that if they, if, I don't think they're going to go that route, but if they did, I think it could be quite, quite entertaining. Okay, uh, next one on my list. Uh, I think the the possibility of this has gone way, way, way down. Uh, <laughs> young, young Cara Dune, um, arc trooper. So oh, sorry, sorry, no. she wasn't an arc trooper. She was a um, <clears throat> rebel. Uh, what, what do they trooper. call it? Uh, no, not shock trooper. Shock trooper. Yeah, yeah shock, shock trooper. trooper. Um, not so arc trooper. she would be like a child at this point. Um, uh, Fennec Shands. Fennec Shands older. Yeah, that's true. She's what is she? Fifteen years older than. Carmen? I mean, uh, if we're going based off the actor's age, uh, Fennec Shand is just shy of sixty. <laughs> Ming Na Wen is. Yeah, she's. Yeah, she's. But she's in such great shape. I know, but she does all of her stunts in like her fifties. I know. She's awesome. She is, but I'm just saying that's why it makes sense that you have a someone who's in their fifties be around in this time. Whereas Cara Dune, I always thought she was in her thirties. In the yeah. in in Mandalorian, and so first of all, it wouldn't make sense to see her at the beginning of the show. Now, if the show runs ten seasons, theoretically, it would make sense to see her at the end of the series, maybe. But even that, as you said, the, the possibility has gone way down. <laughs> and if they do, way, they're way definitely down. not using Gina Carano for it, and probably they're just going to avoid using the character at all, just to avoid the controversy of it. So they're just going to yeah. be like, they're just going to act as if that character never existed. Sadly, yeah, um, I hate that. It, it's sad. Um, but, okay, yeah. uh, Jedi uh, Ahsoka. Uh, no, don't think so. Uh, I mean, I would love, I would love it to happen. I'm going to put it in the possible but unlikely. She was with Rex, yeah. so if we get Rex, which I can, I can fairly confidently expect to see Rex, yeah, in this show. Mm-hmm. I can, I can say that with very, and the fact that she was last seen with Rex. Hmm. I don't know about like Wolf. Or, well, I just know, um, I just know where her story went after this. And it's possible they could, but I also <laughs> think that uh, Star Wars... So I think she the, and Rex don't stay together. No, they no. When, when they left ways. that planet, they, they went their separate ways in the books. Gotcha. So, yeah. They, well, then, I mean, it's possible, but I, I unlikely not the first season. Maybe future season, but not the first <clears throat> season. Okay. Um, let's go on the Imperial side. Imperial officers. Um, I already mentioned. I already mentioned Admiral Yularen. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty. I think likely. that's pretty likely. Um, but I, my mind just skipped ahead to <laughs> when we were reading Factpov. Some of the guys that were on the uh, around table, kind of yeah. discussing the the Death Star um, and trying to remember their names of who it was. You have uh, Motti and Admiral uh, Moti, Motti and. Yep. Uh, uh, mm. You. You could have even some of the guys we more that are more well known, like Admiral Ozel or yeah. Captain Piet. Um, young versions of those guys making appearances uh, would be kind of kind of cool. Um, yeah, I don't think that we're going to see that many of them yet, um, but I think we'll we'll see a few of them. Uh, but the most likely one is Yolaren, um, and we know we're getting Tarkin. So yes, he's been seen. Yeah. Um, although it was uh, he, he had. From his um, Imperial rank signature badge, he wasn't Grand Moff yet. 
Oh no no, because he's not. He doesn't become Grand Moff until the events of the novel Tarkin, and that book takes place <clears throat> about six to seven years after um, uh, Revenge of the Sith. So he, okay. he would be just a moth around this point. Did we see? I thought in the trailer, didn't we see some Wookies? Uh, I don't. I, I just watched the trailer earlier, and I didn't see any. I wasn't in there. sure if we did or not. If I mentioned that, but I would Chewbacca. Yeah, I think we could see that. Mm-hmm. You think we could see Chewbacca? It would be an interesting take to see Chewbacca, um, the Emperor. Uh, well, we've already seen his hologram. Uh, oh when, yeah, hologram. When, but are we going to get new dialogue with? You know, maybe Sam Witwer voicing him. Or yeah, it's. Um, I don't think they're going to go back for um, uh, Ian McDermott again. Uh, that was ex- that was expensive. What they got in Rebels, and that was very brief. What they got from him in Rebels. So I loved watching it though. And that was great. Comparison clips, like yeah, um, when he voiced because he voiced uh, several other things while they brought him in mm-hmm. of that the Empire had. Or that the Emperor had said in Rebels. Yeah. And you can do like a side-by-side of, of the footage with Sam yeah. doing it and then with Ian doing it. And it's so it's so different. Whereas like Sam is very like, he's very episode six Sidious, it seems mm-hmm. like. And Ian is very much like Return, Revenge of the Sith Sidious. Mm-hmm. He's like, they're totally different the way that they say things. Yeah. Um, but both are great. And it's so, so close. Uh... What else? Oh, Vader. How, what's the chances that we see Vader in this? Um, I don't think they're... I mean, they could go back and get James <clears throat> Earl Jones to voice it again, and James Earl Jones would love to uh, if they had the money for it. Um, that's, that's, it's all hindering on the money. If they have the money to do this, then for sure they're going to get the correct actors. But with a lot of this, uh, I don't know. How I, cool would it be to... To see the clone trooper's reaction to Vader, yeah, to see to, to see him hunting hunting the Bad Batch at some point, and even if them talking like, uh, you know, it's like I, I kind of, you know, I know it's treasonous, and they would, I don't know if they have personalities left, but they would say, well, it's kind of good to be led by a, a Jedi again, yeah, whoever like, Vader is. Um, I don't know if that would be treasonous. They would say that. It it's a question that. I want answered. We haven't really talked about, but to what point is Jesse still in there or any other clone? Like after the chips take over their mind, like Mm -hmm. how much of them is left and what are they, what, what individually remains, you know, those type of things are big questions that we can get answered in this. Uh, But Vader would be really cool and they could get, they could get a video game voice actor to do them if they, if they had to. But uh, I did love his character model design in Clone Wars finale seeing him in the art style was great and so they already do have a they do have a character model for him that's yep. done so they wouldn't have to redo that at the mm-hmm. very least it's it's made and it looked fantastic way better than his rebels art style if you do if you don't uh, care I will about admit saying. his rebels art style was a bit different it wasn't my taste as much <clears throat> but um, I still like the rebels art style okay Next, okay, next uh, Tarkin's already been confirmed. You've already said you want to you want to see Mon Mothma. What are the chances of Mon Mothma? Uh, Mon Mothma? Pry, not guaranteed, but I think high. Captain um, Antilles, low but not impossible. Saw Guerrera. Mm, I have no idea. I think uh, it depends on how much they're doing rebel stuff. If yeah. they're really laying into the rebel stuff, like I anticipate, <clears throat> then yes, we'll see some of Saw Guerrera, but we might not. Um, uh, and Saw is a character that they could get away not using Forrest Whitaker for because this is him younger. They could use his original voice actor or something. Mm-hmm. So it's possible, not not guaranteed. Uh, Galen Ursa? Uh, uh, would they go there? Would they go? Uh, no, well, for uh, I, I'll say this. Um, Galen Ursa is around at this point, but we already know his whole story like ev- basically everything he does of consequence mm-hmm. around this time from the novel Catalyst. So if they did something, they'd have to do it where he's just like passing by, or it's just like mm-hmm. it's a consequential meeting. He can't be part of like on, be on a platform that blows up or something. He can't be in an action scene or something. Um, Job of the Hut. Uh yeah, we'll probably uh yeah we'll probably see Job of the Hut at some point, okay. especially since they're mercenaries. Yes, yes, I was thinking. Uh, maybe a new hut would be would be good. 
Um, <clears throat> um, yeah, we, we, we could see a new hut. We'll, we'll see uh, what about, Punky Muffin. Uh, <laughs> um, baby, baby hut. That's, that's the, the, this whole thing's about them protecting ba- baby hut. Baby hut. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the most adorable toy you never knew you wanted. <laughs> it will dominate your memes. You will, <laughs> you will forget all about Baby Yoda. Oh, <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> you said Bounty Hunters Guild. So what about... Uh, Oh gosh, Carl Weathers. Uh, what? Um, Grief Karga. What's his name? Yes. Grief Karga. Yes, that is possible. I don't think it's going to be this season, but I think we will see Grief Karga in it. That would be very neat. Um, maybe a maybe an IG droid, maybe Vosk, maybe more of the bounty hunter style. You already mentioned Boba Fett. You would like to see chances that we will see. Yeah. Uh, I think it's pretty good. Cad Bane. No. No. You think he's dead? I know he's dead. Well. They had written episodes for him, and they, they never get to finish for rep, for Clone Wars, right? But they um, released the episodes at Celebration, and they oh. had a whole panel on it, and they showed... Because it's a Boba Fett v. Cad Bane, and they have... So sh- is he confirmed dead at this point? It depends on how strictly they're talking about canon, because it's not been in fish, like release material and released release material, but because they went to the point in 2017 to release the episodes at celebration and to show the his death scene, and they basically said we the only reason we're not actually showing this in normal is because we didn't have the time to finish, you know, so it'd have to be like a flashback thing, which mm-hmm. I don't think they'd flashback for Cad Bane, so. I, as far as I understand, his character's already dead by this point, by the end of the Clone Wars, so we won't see him in in uh, in Bad Batch. Okay. So here's a here's a wild theory for you. Okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Camino being the home of the clones, we go back to it. Um, what if this show introduces the beginning of the research into whatever Baby Yoda's Ooh. cloning or thing is about. What if they use this show to introduce the thing that eventually, uh, from Legends, we know that Sidious used to clone himself. Whatever the technology he used to bring himself back to life through a clone body, what if this is something that they, at the very least, drop some hints about on Camino? Absolutely. Could it be a wild little theory? Just something I'm thinking is a... Hmm. It's possible. I don't know. Yeah. We're talking about mutations. You know, Bad Batch is genetically favorable, as we mentioned, but, like, this could involve scientists that specify or they that they are experts in that area. So mm-hmm. we could meet them and see their research, or even in flashback we see, you know, it, like a shot of them as kids, but also in the background a tank with something that looks very, you know, snokish in it or something, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's, that's so possible. You, you didn't actually think that, that my theory was as wild as um, have you? I didn't. I didn't hear that anywhere. I just just thought of that just now. So I don't hey. know. Hey, but hey, if that happens, well, you get all. You will get all the kudos. So. All of the imaginary internet points. Yeah, ten <laughs> billion points. Uh, okay. There, there'll be whose whose line is it anyway? Points. Um, yeah, they're they're so good. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah, Drew Carey will give you points, and you get to feel good. Uh, <laughs> but you know, if you get points for that, that you just made everybody laugh really hard. That's, that's what matters. Um, well, anyway. normally this would be the time that we'd uh, announce our next episode. So we'll be right back after this little break. And we are back. So uh, for our next episode on the podcast, um, we're going to start kind of a new series. Uh, and this will be uh, probably a chance for us to go back and maybe catch some things we missed. But, Jonathan, tell us what we'll be starting with in our next episode of Two Sons of Tatooine. So we're going to be starting talking about some Clone Wars arcs. We're not going to go back and review every single episode, much as that would be awesome and really fill a lot of time. Um, we're just going to go back and look at some different arcs from the Clone Wars. Um, uh, we're we're going to try to go in season order. It won't necessarily be in chronological order because Clone Wars kind of jumps around a little bit. Um, but we'll go in season order. And the first arc that we'll be discussing is the Downfall of a Droid, Duel of the Droids arc. It's two episodes, episodes six and seven from season one of the Clone Wars. It's the ones where R2 gets captured by Grievous. 
Um, uh, it's it really shows how the it, how you view Ahsoka at the beginning of this arc really changes with how you view her mm-hmm. at the end. And this was when mm. people started being okay with her. This was the start of the okay, she's not a terrible little child. Mm. So I think this is a good starting place for us. That sounds very exciting, Jonathan. I will definitely eagerly watch those episodes and prepare. And uh, thank you again for everybody that is listening to us and supporting us. Make sure that you uh, rate our podcast. If you're able to listen to us, give us five stars. If you can, visit us on Facebook and comment there. Interact with us. We'd love to respond to your questions and your comments and uh, talk some Star Wars, as they often say in the YouTube videos, down in the comments <laughs> below or something like that. Um, <clears throat> speaking of, would you mind telling everybody where they can find us? Uh, our main, of course, is the Simple Cast, but we have a lot of different places. You can find us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. That's the primary place other than Simplecast. You can also find us on Google Play, Google Podcasts. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on iHeartRadio. You can find us on Radio.com. And I'm sure there are others that I'm blanking on at the moment. But generally, if it's a podcasting place, we're probably there. Um, (laughs) uh, As you mentioned, we have our Facebook page, Two Sons of Tatooine. Uh, we post all our new episodes, any information you need to know. Um, I write book reviews, Star Wars, Star Trek, and other science fiction fantasy book reviews for Roku Depot. Um, but until next time, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Nathan, a.k.a. NP Bro. And thank you for listening to Two Sons of Tatooine.